I personally believe in yes. If you feel in every cell in your body that 2021 is the year that you're going to meet the person, start saying yes to everyone. I am telling you the universe rewards you know, and you have to think the mindset of, I get to go on a date, not I have to go on a date. I get to go on a date today and I'm one more person closer. Welcome back to Big Queen Energy. I'm your girl, Nicole Rose, with the podcast all about the mindset of a true queen. I'm a semi-retired DJ turned podcaster, obsessed with positivity, psychology, and manifestation. Here to support you on your journey to attracting your dreams. Let's get it. So excited to be with you ladies for another episode of Big Queen Energy. Today on the show, we're going to chat about something everybody wants to know about, right? How the F do we get our date on in the pandemic? Great question. Still trying to figure that out myself. But also, we're going to talk about mindset hacks to get you out of a rut, how to find out a guy's last name without sounding like a stalker, and more. So if you are single, this is the episode for you. As you've probably already seen, we just rebranded to Big Queen Energy. And we're so excited to be on this new journey with you here. Sup Babe will always be a part of the brand. I'll probably say that every time I get on this show, just because it's so deeply ingrained in who I am as a human being. But, you know, this new name, I think, makes things clearer for what we know you guys want to hear from us and for the value that we can provide for you. And hopefully for all the new queens we are hoping to attract out there that want to listen, that want to come on and give us their best advice, that want to be a part of the community that we're building. So we're super, super excited. When I originally started SUP, babe, it was just much more focused on current events and PSAs and life hacks and trend alerts. So it's just a really, really, really different show. And we've learned from you guys. And now we know that we need to focus on morning routines and mindsets and habits for success and empowerment and fearlessness. And these are the things that really stoke your fires. And so we are committed to bringing you episodes that will bring you the most value. Today, we are talking to a major boss. I've known her for about a year and change, right before the pandemic, Matchmaker Maria. Maria is the CEO of Agape Match, which is a matchmaking service based in New York City. And she's also the host of Ask a Matchmaker podcast. She's a fourth generation matchmaker. Yes, you heard me pretty crazy. And she has set up over 4,000 first dates. She relies on her intuition and knowledge of psychology, attachment styles, and love languages to make her matches. She's been featured all over in the New York Times, the Financial Times, Fast Company, CNN, Esquire, L, Reuters, Vice, Thrillist, and more. She also answers questions on her Instagram, totally relevant to everybody's dating life, and shares the advice in a post for everyone to see because... I mean, she's hysterical and brilliant. Can't get better than that. So excited to welcome Maria to Big Queen Energy. This is going to be a great episode. So if you are single, trust me, this is the episode that you have been waiting for. She gets really deep into the mindsets of what guys are thinking, especially when we are confused. So sit back, relax, grab a coffee. If it's later, maybe pour yourself a drink and enjoy the ride with Matchmaker Maria. 
Welcome, Maria. Thank you for being with us here today. How are you? Sup, babe? I'm good. Hi, sup, babe. Uh, <laughs> Nicole, I have not seen you in a really long time, but it's really nice to see you. I know. I was going to say, I don't, did we, we don't, we never met in person, right? We've only mm. talked on the phone before. Yeah, we did a Zoom right before the pandemic. Okay. Like, we were supposed to meet, I think, like, in person. And then it got a little sketchy. Last March. And then, you know, everything Mm -hmm. happened. And then we Zoomed and I feel like I set you up, right? You did with a very nice gentleman (laughs) who listens to this podcast. So I won't mention his name, but he's amazing. We're good friends. Oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. You have good taste, obviously. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I have have amazing clients. I love my clients. (laughs) Well, that is exactly what we are here to talk to you about today. You have so much history, especially being a fourth generation matchmaker with what you do, Mm -hmm. and you have so much insight. And I, by the way, I've been following along on your Instagram journey and checking out your own podcast. And I love how you've grown your brand over the pandemic. I know this has probably not been an easy time with, you know, being a matchmaking service. And, you know, once again, curious to hear more of that, but I love everything that you've been doing and your Instagram has been cracking me up along the way. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) So tell us, Maria, let's get into your backstory a little. Did you grow up knowing as a little girl that you were meant to help others find love? Was this always your purpose? Did you ever stray away from following the family business? Like, Give us the backstory. So, no. At no point did I ever think as a child or even as an undergraduate or even as a graduate student, you know, a current, you know, uh, getting about six figures in debt, did I ever think I'd, you know, A, be a business owner and B, a matchmaker? Of course, there were definitely, like, you know, looking back, there were certainly a few hints here and there you know, one of them was I would set up people in my classroom. In fact, I remember doing that on the playground when I was in kindergarten and those people dated all the way until prom. They broke up at prom, actually. That was a drama. (laughs) And I was always that person that threw like the really good party. So I think if you were to ask any of my, my high school friends, you know, yeah, I threw parties at my house while my mom was home, by the way, like I never did anything behind my parents' backs. Well, maybe my dad, I guess he doesn't know about that stuff, but you know, it wasn't so much about like drinking because we didn't have alcohol. It was always about like, let's just have fun. Let's do fun things. And that carried on over to college too. So in college, I was the college student, you know, I went to undergrad in Europe where they don't play with their alcohol like they do here, you know, and and by that, I mean like beer pong, like that's not a thing that exists in, in Europe. So I used to host like wine and cheese parties and people would bring friends and it'd be like a friend of a friend party. And it was just a lot of fun uh, like that. So I'd always, I was always like networking with people. And then you're a connector. Way, yeah, I'm definitely a connector. And the way that this kind of became full circle or kind of showed its face the way it did for me to end up, you know, for me to start my business was I came to New York to start my graduate studies at NYU, thinking I would one day go into the foreign service or, you know, work for some consulate or something. And 
I decided to, this is like Twitter had just come out and like the use of hashtags had just come out. Like, so people didn't really know how to use hashtags except for to like click it and see what are people, what are people doing today? Kind of, cause it was at the same time as Foursquare had come out, right? I don't know if you remember that. Ad. Oh yeah. I was the mayor of like my local bar. It was cool. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And so I would use Foursquare and a hashtag. I created this hashtag called NYCIR, which stood for New York City International Relations. And I would host little wine parties at a local, like a nearby hotel near the UN, but not so close where people like know each other. Like you'd have to choose to come. It was, I think, on like Lexington. So like you were definitely deep into Manhattan at that point. But that was really successful. I would do it every Thursday. So people from different consulates in the UN and just in general, people that were expats were just showing up and, you know, me being the natural connector and I was like, oh, do you know this person? They work at the consulate of Panama or do you know this person? Like, you know, like, you know, kind of like introducing people and eventually very quickly, two of those people got married. They had like an oopsie baby and <laughs> are they still married? They're still married and they have a few more children, but they told people at their wedding, Maria knows everybody just go to her. And that was it. Like all of a sudden I was in business and it was not something, it just kind of landed on my lap. And of course, you know, 13 years later, <laughs> I think back to those, you know, especially in the month of May, because that's when this really kicked off for me. But I think I always think back to the beginning of like the kind of clients I took in the beginning, because I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about business. I didn't know anything about professional matchmaking. It's, you know, very different than what my grandparents did for sure. And also, you know, I didn't know what my worth yet was. I didn't know uh, how to teach people how to treat me. So you, as even as a business owner, I had to, had a, a you know massive learning curve the first couple of years. I feel like I started to kind of find my place in 2012, 2013. So it took a, it took like four or five years. I mean, that's completely normal though. I, I think that was the way for me as well in my DJ business. But like in terms of teaching people how to treat you, I think that's like a lifelong journey, right? I mean, new oh, people yeah. come into the team, new friends come into your life for me, new people that I'm dating come into my life, right? For new you, you're married. You're dating. But... You should always be yeah. teaching them how to date you, you know? Yeah, it's, absolutely. Like that's a process, right? I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm great at it, but I'm learning that the more that you teach them up front, the more they respect you later. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I have children now and it's, I, I'm constantly teaching them how to treat me too. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's so funny. So I love your story. So you're a fourth generation matchmaker. So your grandparents were also matchmakers as well. And were their grandparents or their parents matchmakers? Yeah. So I skipped my mom. My mom has worked for me in the past. Oh, cool. But my grandmother, her mother and her grandmother were matchmakers. But they do something. They did something really different. Like, first of all, matchmaking was like really common before 1980 in Greece. Okay. You know, you either met through a matchmaker who, I mean, she's not just a complete stranger. She's introducing you to someone in your village or the neighboring one, or, you know, you, 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 you eloped with someone that was not approved for, but then once you're eloped, you have to respect it. Like those are the rules. Right. And, and sometimes the matchmaker, you know, would know who you like and they would set you up that way too. But it was a pretty common thing to do, especially before 19, 1950. So, you know, and I think what my grandparents did was was very much like not arrange marriages, but very much we're going to arrange the courting towards marriage, which will happen in the next three to six months. Whereas I'm hoping that my 
clients go on a second date with someone I set them up with, or I hope that they would get married in the next two years. So it's very different forms of like what I do, you know, like they're setting up people that probably know each other or I'm setting up complete strangers. They're getting forms of payment in community cred or lambs or milk or chickens, <laughs> you know, whatever. And I'm getting paid in cash. Are you getting, are you accepting Bitcoin? Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. I was just about to say that like people have asked me if I take Bitcoin and I'm like, as long as my bills right now are paid with dollars, I am not accepting Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, Oh, well, I mean, honestly, it seems like it might be a good do idea. You, do you accept no, Bitcoin? No, I'm not accepting Bitcoin yet, but might, might consider it. Um, so that's that's really funny. Obviously, the game of matchmaking has just evolved so much, even in the last couple decades. Like, oh, it, yeah. even the last 50 years, just like a world of difference than, you know, what it was when your family members before you were doing this. And especially, you know, Greece, which is still different than the U.S., but, you know, it's it's a different world. In Greece now, too, it's like hilarious because I don't know that many matchmakers that still exist in Greece, but I do know one. And well, other than my employees, some of my employees moved to Greece during the pandemic. Don't blame Um, them. I don't blame them, but they still they still work U.S. hours, so God bless them. But there is this matchmaker that I know in Greece. It's, it's a gentleman. I think he's second generation, and he's older. He's a lot older. I think he's like 60. And it's so interesting what he's done for matchmaking in Greece, which is the complete opposite of what I would ever do. So check this out. First of all, when I say proxenita or grafiosinikesion, like when I say matchmaker or I have a matchmaking office in Greece, um, the immediate thought now is, oh, you must work with people who have <laughs> developmental issues because who would use a matchmaker now in Greece? Greece is a hyper social country. Yeah. Uh, people meet through friends, full stop. Like even dating apps are not successful in Greece because people meet through friends. You go to Namos and you order champagne and everybody comes. <laughs> Yeah. So it's just, it's a very, it's a very different culture. It's very different dating scene. It's awesome. Like I loved dating in Greece. I, I even met my husband through friends, like similar to how you meet someone in, in Greece. So it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's really great because when you meet through friends, there's a lot more accountability towards the person, right? Like there's totally. no ghosting. Totally. There's no, like, you know, like it's just, it's just different. And Wait, Maria, you are hitting on something that my friends yeah. and I ask each other all the time. Why is it, do you think, nobody really meets through friends anymore? Is this an American thing? Did dating apps change the game? It's like, an American thing. Okay. It's totally an American we're just, thing. We're just assholes? <laughs> um, we give our friends, and this is might speak more into the individualist society that we live in in America, but like uh-huh. we give a lot of our friends many chances, like a benefit of the doubt in way more ways than people in Italy, Portugal, Spain, Greece, Bulgaria, Turkey, Romania, Cyprus would. I'll give you a really simple example. Let's say you're at the bar and you're drinking and you drink too much and now you have to throw up. In America, what would you do, Nicole? I don't know. That's never happened to me. Just kidding. Not you, but like, let's say with your friends. I'm totally kidding. I was in college once. Like, specifically, your friends. I want you to think about your friends. One of your friends, she's sick, she's in the bathroom throwing up, or she's on the street throwing up. What is your reaction? I have stuck my fingers down Mm -hmm. a friend's throat before. So, my reaction is, 
call her parents, get it, get the vomit out, or call the ER, get her home. Like, I'm very intense, but I'm also Italian. And like, are you still friends with them the next day? I am because her and I, you know, are childhood friends. But I, yeah, I've taken care of other people that I don't judge like that, but I know exactly what you're talking about. I right. think that I'm a person who's not perfect. So I ask for people to have a little leeway with me on a bad day, and I do the same for them. This is, so this is an American thing. This is, and, and also, a North, and even in Northern Europe, they do the same thing. It's, it, this is a very American thing, though. And if you go to Southern Europe, they, everyone, all of your friends expect you to get drunk one day where you're, you get sick. And they will help you. They will say, you know, are you okay? Let me hold your hair, whatever. But then the next day when you get better, they don't have to have a conversation. The understanding is if this happens again, like you now, congratulations, you've learned your limit. Right. If this happens again, I can't go out with you again. Well, right. You don't want to be babysitting somebody every night either when you're right. trying to have fun and meet somebody. Right. So that's a very collectivist attitude in socializing. Like what's best for the group, the, the person who doesn't know their limit and doesn't have friends anymore. So now you go into dating, right? If you're going to date my friends and you decide to have sex with them, you have to call them back. Right. Totally agree. Right. Totally if you agree. don't do that, if you have sex with one of my friends and then you don't call her back or him back or whatever the situation is, you are off, especially for men, men are penalized more in the friend group. You are out, out of the f- friend group. You're not allowed back. Totally. So you'll see in these, in Southern Europe, you'll see like one night stands tend to happen with people that don't really know each other than in the friend group. And then when you're dating someone through the friend group, when you have sex eventually, right? And it, the, people don't wait. Like when you finally have sex, because you've spent a lot of time with each other if it's part of the friend group, right. that's it. Now you're boyfriend and girlfriend. You don't need to have that conversation. So this like thing that happens in America with like, oh, what date are we on? Or, oh, is this exclusive? But does that make you my boyfriend? Like these are very weird conversations because in other parts of this world, oh, we had sex. Yeah, you're my girlfriend. <laughs> well, I you're wish I boyfriend. lived in a different part of the world. This like made me want to move. <laughs> It's just a very different way of dating, and uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of into it. But I also think that's why matchmaking works for some people in New York too. Like, I think the reason why people hire me is not because they can't go on dates; it's because they 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 do find quality people on their own. It's just Correct. they want access to my Rolodex. They want to meet more people of quality, and you know they they hire they hire me to kind of make the introductions as a friend. So even though I'm a professional. It's just very different when a friend vouches for you, and in this totally. case, a professional, because it takes away the the game of dating. It's just like, okay, I, I, this person's accountable to someone else, and in this case, it's Maria, and you know, I know that if I don't like them, I don't have to have an awkward conversation. I could just talk to the other person and let them know. Like, right. there's things that you could do with a friend you could do with a matchmaker. That's funny. I never thought about that, but it's so true, and I know just from knowing you in the short time that we've been acquainted that nobody that you ever introduced me to would ever ghost me right like that would just never happen because these are you wouldn't even work with someone who's not a mature well-adjusted human being but i don't even give them the opportunity to ghost like i coordinate all the dates right i coordinate the first date i coordinate the second date like i don't even give my client the opportunity to act like a douchebag should they have douchebag tendencies I mean, listen, have people gone on bad dates through me? Of course they have. Like some people are just never going to vibe in person. And that, that, you know, you won't know until you set them up. Totally. Totally. So are you seeing that dating is starting to pick back up now that people are getting vaccinated? Are you seeing any trends that you can share with us? Like how are your clients feeling about wanting to go out again? Um, 
so in the last year, we've set up something like three to, I think like three or 400, somewhere there of like Zoom dates. So Zoom dates became a thing starting in May of last year. Because it's funny, like the first two months, remember we're all super like, oh, we'll just buckle down for two months. Everything will be fine. So I had clients in March say to me, Maria, let's just freeze for two months and we'll, we'll revisit. Okay. Okay. But suddenly, you know, Zoom dates came in. I think the more people get vaccinated, four states are going to start happening in person with other vaccinated people. I'm noticing now that there's like, there is this tendency to want to hang out with people like, hey, when are you getting your shot? Okay, great. Like there's this kind of relief. So it's usually um, 10 days after your second shot. It seems like people are a lot more open to going out and meeting new people, of course, with masks and all that stuff. And then in terms of like trends that I see, I think that while now we're still all waiting in line to get our vaccines, I do believe that six months down the line, you will see a schism in dating with the people who have chosen to get vaccinated or had the opportunity to get vaccinated and the people who chose not to get vaccinated, even if they had the opportunity, because there is going to be a part of our population who just can't get vaccinated, right? There are people who are allergic to to vaccines. And that doesn't mean that they didn't have the opportunity, they just couldn't. So there's a choice, there's a, there's a difference between someone who couldn't get a vaccine and someone who decided not to. And I think six months from now, I think in the fall, you're going to see, like I said, a schism throughout the dating world where it's going to be like, it's going to be on your profile, vaccinated, because it tells you a lot about someone's values. And it has nothing to do with believing in science. Well, actually it does have to do with believing in science, but it has less to do with that and more with like, okay, if we had kids, if you're telling me you're anti-vax, what are we going to do when our kids need the MMR vaccine? I don't want to get too much into vaccines here just because I try not to be too pushy in one way or the other. Like I let people kind of have ownership over their body, but I do think doing things as a collective whole that are good for our country is important, right? You know, obviously UNICEF that I'm a part of vaccinates the world. So I do believe that vaccines have, you know, can provide a lot of good. I think with this, it is, there is a flip side of that where it is kind of new, but I think that you're right where people are, you're going to start seeing that people are putting this on their profiles. So I saw that there was just an article. Yeah, I saw, well, I haven't run across that yet, but I saw that Tinder said they're noticing like an 80% uptick in people mentioning vaccines on their profiles just by like running the numbers. Well, OkCupid released that. Look, this is what I'm seeing is not even a political statement. It's a prediction. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, OkCupid said last month that 20% of users are more likely to like you if you show that you plan to get the vaccine. And that's a number that was in the month of March. I would love to see what that's going to look like in September. So yeah, that'll definitely be interesting. More fun predictions. I think people are going to have more sex parties this summer, (laughs) given the choice. But I also do believe that people are going to be entering relationships with people this summer as well. I think some people are going to start off dating with lots of dicks and uh, figuratively and literally. Like they're just, people are just going to be getting it. They're just thirsty. They're ready. It's going to be sex. Like I think the standards (laughs) have certainly lowered. Everyone's got the COVID-19. I've become better friends with my hand than ever before. Well, there you go. You know, and and no, it's just like, you see it. Like I, you know, people are less interested in like age and height and body type generally, not Mm -hmm. specifically, you know, and I think even location, and I think people are just way open to like hooking up right now in a few months. And then suddenly you're going to see, like, I think in September, October, 
like a coughing season on steroids. Like who am I buckling down with this winter? And, you know, that's, and then also even through matchmaking, like we're busier than we've ever been before this past year, but especially the last three months, like there are people who are like, Oh, I got my vaccine. Uh, Maria set me up. Let's do it. Like I've been holding it off all year. Let's do it. And I'm like, okay, great. Let's, let's get it. Let's get it going. Totally, totally agree. So do you think that, or, or I guess it's really a question of what you're recommending, right? Because you're busy, you're setting people up right now. Are right. you recommending, and, and once again, this is something I even wonder for myself, even on a dating app, but are you recommending that we still do like a Zoom or a FaceTime meetup first just to like establish chemistry because there still is some risk, right? So even with a vaccine, there's variants that you can get. People can still get sick, maybe not deathly ill, but they can still get sick. So there still is some risk, right? Even with a vaccine. Yeah. I think uh, 13 months into this, I will confidently tell you that the Zoom date is here to stay. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to, people are just going to do that in general first before Why meeting you? out. It's easier. <laughs> Given the option. I mean, God, you don't even have to share your number now. So many apps have video native in their app now. So you could just be like, hey, let's just do a quick video chat to see if we vibe. For sure. And and you're going to see, I think, I think that's here to say. I honestly, I would not meet someone in person right now if I didn't, if I didn't see them on video first. Unless they were vetted by a friend first. Right. Like I have some clients who have completely checked out who are like, Maria, if she's game to meeting in person, I just rather you met her. Great. That's enough for me. I'll meet her in person. And I'm like, okay. And they probably just want to leave the house, right? Like, I'm just like, oh, you want to, you want to. I mean, yeah, but like, you know, I think most of my clients think of me as like their buffer. Like I've already been on the first date with this person for them. Yep. So now they just want to go right to the second date. And it's like, okay, like we can do that. Cause I know that they're a real person and I know you, you probably will vibe. You know, what's fun too. My mom said that she used to always, before setting up a date, she would get on the phone with them first, you know, and people would have to call, right. They couldn't just text you like, Hey, like you up yeah. or don't just kidding. But like, they couldn't even just text you like, Hey, do you want to get dinner tomorrow at seven? They had to pick up the phone and call you maybe on your parents' landline. Right. And they yeah. had to like have game. They had to have some type, something to say, to get you to commit to going to meet them in person. It was harder. Right. There were more barriers to entry. Whereas like now a text is like so easy. Everybody's so thirsty. It's just like, I mean, it's, it makes it so easy for the guy. But I think one thing that's kind of cool is like, even and when I'm lazy too, I'm like, sure. But people are asking now more for like a phone date, right? And I'm like, sure. You want to get on the phone if I had just worked out or something, whatever. I'm like, okay, I'm a little sweaty. That's probably better than a Zoom one <laughs> sweating profusely. But like, you know, it's like, okay, sure. But at least you can tell if they have personality on the phone. And like, I don't know, should looks matter like that much? Like they need to look like something like what they described or what their photos look like. But for me, like looks just at my age aren't the first thing on my list anymore. It, the genders vary really widely on the look okay. thing. And, You're right. I'm and, sure men th- feel opposite of that. <laughs> well, I mean, men, men, women really overestimate how much men care. Like you just talking about the gym, I promise you not a single man. In fact, most men would find it really attractive if they <laughs> FaceTimed you after the gym because you look at your most natural state and that's what yeah. men love. You're sure about that? Like that's 100% confirmed because I've always wondered that. Yes, I'm 100%. I, I know this for a fact that men men love it when women come from the gym. That's like, oof, man. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, like, if you're taking more than seven minutes to get ready for a FaceTime date, you've done something wrong. Like, just, you know, put on some face cream and some mascara, you'll be fine. Um, I, 
I, it's, it's weird because, you know, online dating has created this behavior. And I, by the way, I don't hate online dating. I love online dating. I think it's such a great tool for people, especially during a global pandemic. But online dating has created this behavior that just did not exist prior to 1995, let alone prior to 2013, before the swiping generation mm-hmm. came in. For men, I'm a swiper. Yeah, I've set up like over 4,000 first dates. And the one thing that I've learned in the last, you know, over a decade is, that if a man is not attracted to a woman from the first meet, minute of meeting her, there's just never going to be a second date. Yep. And that doesn't mean that, like, you know, attraction is so relative to the individual. Like, for some people, it's extremely low barrier to entry. And for some people, it's very high. But it's very relative. So if a guy likes you on your online dating profile, you should know that he's physically attracted. You shouldn't... If you're nervous, it should be because if your photos are not... you. Like if you're hiding your body type, if you're hiding things, like just be open about it as a woman, be transparent about it. Because if he likes you online, he likes you physically full stop. Like he's ready to go. Now it's just about you vibing on the date. See, you know, what's funny. I actually feel like for women and you'll tell me, because I'm sure you know if this is true Mm -hmm. or incorrect, but now that we're on the topic of attraction, I'm very interested in this. So for me, because I said I'm less inclined to only to only value someone's looks i'm more inclined to value other things like intelligence and humor and like vibe like so we connect like on a soul level yeah women are 100 the complete opposite of men (laughs) when it comes to this so like with a woman um so first of all like i said online dating has kind of effed up a little bit the way women choose so before online dating if you met a man at an open bar at a friend's wedding you would not, you would honestly not care about his height. You would not care about his weight, I mean, his height or even his weight or his uh, age. Like age, you wouldn't even know. You're just like, right. okay, he looks like my peer. Height, totally. for most of them, it's like, okay, are, am I okay? Like I'm wearing heels. Are you around my height? Like, are we good? Are we vibing? Um, weight, I guess, you know, if he's healthy, like if that, you know, and that matters right. to you, you know, whatever. But like physical attraction was really at the bottom. And then suddenly with online dating, women are given the choice now, like, you know, the easiest way to swipe someone is to see what they're you know, what you're attracted to and like who you're swiping here. And now you can, you can, you can filter men by height. And that's insane. You can filter men by age. And like, these are just really different things that you didn't have access to. But to go back to women with women, physical compatibility for like, now this is not a statistic like on Pew Research or anything. This is just me from my own experience, but like 97% of women that I've set up, Physical attraction is definitely second, third tier by the end of the date. Like maybe in the beginning, she might think, oh, he's like a six out of 10. Like I'm not really attracted to him, but fuck it. Maria said we're compatible. Let's see. If she laughs on the date, if she feels like she was acknowledged, if she had questions asked to her, if she was given a moment to shine, yeah. if he made her feel acknowledged, um, heard, if he just made her laugh, just these like, I know I've repeated myself a couple of times here, but these are really important things, but essentially, if all these things happened and you were able, a man, and I know this is a very heteronormative conversation, so, you know, be what you say, but if a man is also able in that conversation to show some of his ambition or work ethic, that six out of 10 easily becomes a 12 out of 10. hundred percent. Where is he? Like, I will literally get on one knee for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. And that, that's all it takes. Like I, I, sometimes I meet some of these women who are like, I will not go out if there's no photo. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you know, I, I, you know, it's not about showing photos. Like, and we, we do share photos when necessary, but like, chances are you might like him. Like, you know, right. it, you just, you just have to meet 
Totally. So it's it's just very different. The genders are so different in this. And I think it's I think this goes back to our hunter-gatherer tendencies. So like think about it. Back in those days, <laughs> a millennia ago, more than that. You know, women were gathering. So, there, so now in 2021, that's gathering information before I make a decision. Gather, gather, right. gather. And men are like hunting. They're like, oh, well, that gazelle looks pretty good. Yeah. Let me go, with, you know, let me go bite her thigh. Let me take that thing home. <laughs> right. And you're not, you're not thinking like, oh, well, you know, that gazelle, um, she's not into you. Or, oh, that gazelle, you know, doesn't know, you know, you said you're a grammar Nazi. She doesn't know any grammar. You know, what, what, which is it, buddy? You know, these sort of things that personality comes into play. You know, it's so funny that you said that. I actually, we're, we're like so diverging from what I came here to talk to you about, but I think this conversation is really important. I have this conversation with friends all the time about the hunter and gatherer thing. And the fact that you referenced it makes me feel validated that when I'm giving them advice, it's on the right track. Because when I see women chasing so hard after men, it always kind of like gives me the chills because I know that men want to lead in the relationship, at least well, to a certain extent, right? Like, it's okay if you lead sometimes, but like, do you think that he always wants to be told what to do and told where to take you and told when to ask you out and all that? I mean, what's your opinion on that? It depends. It depends. Different it guys depends. are different? All all men are different okay. when it comes to these things. Oh, really? They're not um, all the same? Should, no, I'm just kidding. No. And you should look at who their mothers are. If they had really domineering mothers, then they, they want you to take over. I've kind of, I've come to find out, um, you know, men are really different when it comes to like how they want to be seen, but you know, the things, I don't know if you've had a chance to read John Berger's book, get the, wait, is it get the, no. Um, oh goodness. Hold on. I, I read Steve Harvey. Think like a man. Oh, make your move. The new sign. Okay. So I don't know if you've read John Berger's book, make your move, the new science of dating and why women are in charge, but studies have shown that men want women, 80% of men want women with entrepreneurial traits. So they don't have to necessarily be an entrepreneur, but the traits that come with being entrepreneurial. So, you know, multitasking, be a great, a great planner, helping plan the dates, um, you know, being assertive with what you want. And it's also why most men will admit that they want you to message them first online. And I'm not talking about using Bumble, but like, even if you're on Hinge, um, if you have the opportunity to message a guy, just message him. It takes the pressure off of them. It doesn't mean that they're not chasing you. There's other ways, like this whole chasing thing, first of all, it comes from, and even John Berger talks about in his book, it actually comes from a study from Fruit Flies that was not peer-reviewed. It has never been approved by the community. It's been taken away from the science community, but there Wait, is- you're no telling that- me this was studied on flies and not humans? Correct. Fruit flies. <laughs> And how would a female fruit fly, if she would cheat on when in reproduction, if she wants to cheat on the, the mate or like go on other, you know, go out with other fruit flies. And it's, it's, um, it's a very regressive study that has been, oh my God, that has not, that has been challenged, has never been able to be regulated in a peer review study. I based and my whole life on this. And you're I know. And the, and the truth <laughs> is that men do not necessarily want to be chased. What they want is balance. Okay. And I think we have to decide, you know, like one way to hack this in a way is like, think about right now, be honest with yourself. Are you the planner in your friend group or are you the person who experiences? I I actually, I'm actually 50-50. I don't know if you were asking me, but I'm actually weird. I'm a real 50-50. Like I love to plan, but I also love to experience. 50-50. 
then you need to find someone who's also 50 50 or someone who's open to being the planner. And I'll, and I'll tell you why, because I notice that sometimes, especially planner women, they're always like, well, he, I always plan everything. He doesn't plan anything. And I go, yeah, that's okay. There's going to be someone who's, if you want to be happy, (laughs) it's better to just be the planner. Because what's going to happen is when two planners come together, they're just going to fight, 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 fight about constantly compromising about what to do. And when people talk about chasing in this like social context, I don't know necessarily if it has to do with planning and all that stuff. I think it has to do with, you know, showing attention and being acknowledged and, you know, being able to showcase predictable behavior, which, by the way, doesn't come off as chasing and can actually come off as pretty boring because the word chase is an exciting word. And it's confusing. It tells women, oh, the man, he's playing games with you and it's okay. He's going to call you in three days or he didn't message you for a day. What does it mean? Or he didn't have call you the next after sex. Oh, but you know, don't do anything. You have to let him chase you. No, that's, that's awful. If a man likes you, if a man wants to get to know you, he is going to contact you within 48 hours of your first date. Full stop. That's it. They know the rules. 48, you said, or 40. That's it. 48 hours. 48 That's hours. All it takes. Okay, That's I just, I just want to make sure I have the timeline down because I will literally oh, yes. be setting a timeline. Timer? Oh, yes, the timer <laughs> begins. There you go. 48 hours. And anything after that, it's like, oh, okay, you're... Why are you so nebulous? What what's what, uh, on this thinking? Like, what are you? What's going on that we're not able to go forward with? You know, if you're confused about what this is, it should not be anything, because you're not only dating. You know, it's not even just about dating a person who's worthy of you. It's also dating a person who's worthy, and a person who's worthy, in my opinion, is someone who exhibits patience. A, B, exhibits predictable and consistent behavior. I agree. If they're not. If their behavior is not predictable. Ten, the chances are they might be an avoidant personality type. Right, or just just communicative. That's the biggest thing that I look for, especially with dating apps, because you, if you don't know somebody through a friend, you don't know you don't have you don't know how reliable they are. They don't have a track record with a friend yeah, of yours, but but if they are consistently communicative, that for me is enough to be worth my time at least for a date exactly. or a second date. You know, exactly. Interesting. Okay, that's really 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 valuable everything that you're saying online you have to think of online dating like the subway in the sense that when you're on the subway chances are you would not go on a date with every single person that's in the car right just right (laughs) of course right i wouldn't go on a date with most of them (laughs) right and but here's what's happened right in that subway in the context of online dating pretend your face now has a little button on it you know on your forehead and it says like me Talk to me, message me. I think mine you, says, you I think mine says single AF. <laughs> <laughs> but think about it. Like there are people who should never message you, who would never get the opportunity to message you, get the opportunity to message you on an online dating site because you know you're still a stranger, but you've got that little call to action on your profile saying, message me, talk to me, you know. And and they do. And and you know, if they're attractive or if they have a you know nice written prompts, then yeah, you might go out with them, but that doesn't mean that you should, and it doesn't mean that they're a match for you. Now, listen, I personally believe in yes. I think if you are, if you feel in every cell in your body that 2021 is the year that you're going to meet the person, start saying yes to everyone. I am telling you the universe rewards. It will, it, you know, and you have to think the mindset of, I get to go on a date, not I have to go on a date. I get to go on a date today and I'm once more person closer yes. 
to my person. Yes. Oh my God. What you're saying right there is everything. If people don't listen to the rest of this episode, they need to rewind or we'll just say it again. Okay. The mindset is say yes, right? Because the universe rewards people who move towards the direction of their goal, right? So it's taking that inspired action and saying, I get to go on the date. I'm excited. Let's take it one step further. I'm excited. Even if you don't feel excited yet, sometimes I talk myself up if I feel nervous or tired or whatever. I give myself a pep talk in the Uber, on the walk, to that date. And friends, I have friends all the time who complain to me about how terrible, I mean, I guess, you know, some people can't afford to hire somebody like you, right? So so the people who are relegated to using dating apps, oftentimes they get so burnt out, right? It's like dating app fatigue, right? And after they meet the guy right. and they thought he was the one and it didn't work out after three months, six months, whatever, they're like, everyone says this. I'm telling you, Maria, they all say, I don't want to go on the apps again. I don't want to go on any more dates. I don't want to do it. And it's like, it's fun. You have to see the game as fun if you're going to get to the end destination. I have people who hire me who don't say yes to everyone I send them. And I'm like, what are you doing? Just just go out. Like, what is the problem here? Um, because, listen, I even remember when I met my husband, I must have gone on like 20 first dates in the three months before I met him. And I'm not saying yes to like, there's not there's no one on the random street asking me out, right? But you know, if someone asks me out or if I like someone, I shoot my shot. I was like, Hey, let's go out. Let's do this. Because I knew that I was always one person closer to my person. Like it's just math. I love that so much. You're always, every date you go on, you're always one person closer to your person. That's a mindset. So I was literally going to ask you, what's your number one mindset hack for people that are trying to get out there, continue to date? That is the mindset hack. I mean, that's it. that right there is the most valuable thing I have heard in weeks. Hands down. Oh, well, thank you. That's okay. awful, but thank you. No, I love it. <laughs> so upsetting. And, but, no, but I mean, I guess maybe that's because for me, dating is truly a priority in my life at 34, you know? So. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Um, I think, I think just say yes. And you know, another, another thing, if you're dating is get rid of the religion and ethnicity preferences. If you're, if you're, if you are comfortable, just get rid of them because you don't know, you never, you honestly don't know. And, and by opening yourself up, you know, if you just lead with your values on dates, it it really clears the color because just because someone is the same race and religion as you, it doesn't mean that they're going to be a good boyfriend or a good father for your children one day or none of that. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It just means that genetically you guys share a few similar groups, I suppose. But, um, you know, I, I say this to, I, I've said this once to a Greek woman. I said, you know, just because he's Greek, and they were Greek American, not in Greece, right? So um, I said, just because he's Greek American doesn't mean that he's going to be a, a good partner. And she goes, well, you know, we share the same values. And I go, what values? What values do you share with this person that you can't find with like a Lebanese person or a Bulgarian person or an Italian person or an Egyptian person? Like, you know, what, loud families? Okay, next. <laughs> My family's loud enough for both of us, so... <laughs> Yeah. And and look, I married someone who is in my religion and ethnicity. I married a Greek man. Right. Um, but it was in spite of it. Like, you know, the guy that I went on a date with right before I met him. Oh, my God. I've never said this to anyone. I He told me at the end of the date, and it's not the reason we didn't go on a second date, but he told me at the end of the date, as I thought he was Bulgarian. He was actually Turkish. Okay. Mm, a Greek person dating a Turkish person, that's like, 
it's complete, it's pure politics, okay. you know, like we had a, we had a genocide. It's like a whole thing. And, and like other stuff that's happened that I'm not going to go into because that's not the kind of podcast that you have, but people from that area, they'll know. And it was like, when he told me at the end of the date, like, cause he, he hid it from me. He knew. So I was like, oh, oh, okay. You're Turkish. Oh, oh, okay. Cool. You know, that was the guy, last guy I went on a date with before I met my husband who happened to be Greek. That was not the reason why we didn't go on a second date. We didn't go on a second date for other reasons. But I thought that was uh, interesting because I was like, wow, the un- I said yes. And the universe was like, let's see what you mean by yes. <laughs> Started sending me people that like, if I ever brought that guy home, I think my my dad would have a heart attack. But every single date that we go on shapes our preferences for Absolutely. who our husband should be or who, you know, I mean, you may have more than one husband. So who that first husband or that second husband right. would be. Right. So. And, and it, it just shapes also like your mindset. Like, okay, now it, it's, it wasn't so bad. If my children um, dated someone that was Turkish, I wouldn't freak out. I, I, I could give a shit to be honest, as long as my kids are happy. Right. But, um, but it was just funny to me at the time. I was like, wow, I said yes to literally everybody. Because if I said this to a Greek person, like, just say yes, they'll be like, what if they're Turkish? And I'm like, and what if they are? I mean, that, you know, that's so. also a new Netflix show right now. Just slide in a quick net, just a quick Netflix wreck. Just say yes. I just watched it. It's, a yeah. little, it's cheesy. It's a oh, rom-com. Yesterday or something. I really want to see that. One of my favorite actors is, is it's a comedy, right? Yeah. But this one's called Just yeah. Say Yes. But there might be another one with a similar title. Oh, there's this movie called, I think, Yesterday. It's like a kid's movie. I really want to see it. <laughs> Maria, this has been so amazing. I have loved every moment of it. This is incredible advice for our ladies. I just want to make sure that we talk about where everyone can find you, can get in touch, can connect with you. I know they want your Instagram advice. So please give us all the goods. So the best way to find me is on Instagram at Matchmaker Maria. Every Wednesday, I host Ask a Matchmaker on my Instagram stories, which can be a lot of fun. It's also the name of my podcast, Ask a Matchmaker. If you follow the link in my bio at Matchmaker Maria, you'll you'll find all the other goods like, you know, where you can join my Rolodex or if you'd like to hire me. Amazing. Once again, thank you. Thank you so much. Did you have fun? I feel like we had a good time. <laughs> we had a great time. This went like... Like that. So, so I know. Like, I looked at the clock. Hours, I, I know. I know. If, if maybe there's a future podcast in our in our future. <laughs> awesome. Absolutely. Thank you again, my dear. Thanks, Nicole. All right, ladies. If you loved what you heard today, please remember to subscribe and hit five stars. If you're feeling frisky or have an extra second, you can just leave us a quick review. You can add us on Instagram at Nicole Rose Stillings and at Big Queen Energy Pod. We hope we brightened your day, but that's all for now. Don't forget to tune in Mondays in the AM to Big Queen Energy, supporting you on your journey to fearless fucking creation.